Come on, somebody. Yeah. Man, it is so good to have you guys at the Hill this morning. We are excited about what God is doing. We're in this series, uh, Take the Land, right? It has been awesome. How many of y'all got to go to Deeper? Yeah, that's good, man. It was so awesome. And then last week, Pastor Jason Dodrell from Shelbyville, he talked on from the other side. Come on, somebody. And that kicked off our series, Take the Land, because listen, God has called us to go from one thing to another. Come on, somebody. Come on. You got to holler back today. Come on, somebody. God has called us into some great things in our lives. God has called us to go to the land of blessing, to the land of promotion, to the land of hope, to the land of future. Come on, somebody. God has called us to go there. But in the process of going there, how many of y'all know we're going to face some stuff? We're going to face some stuff. That's just reality. Like anytime we're going to step into anything awesome, the in-between is always challenging. Anybody, have you been there in your life? Come on. Have you been there? <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. We're in this series, Take the Land. And as a church, guys, we are going to take the land. Come on, somebody. We're excited about what God's doing. It's been incredible. But as I was thinking about our series and thinking about week two of our series, I had a lot of thoughts that I want to preach on, but I thought I probably should kind of go a little bit back to the basics and talk about uh, our mission. Mission is the mission of the hill. Now, you're going to see our mission on our clothing. You're going to see our mission uh, on our walls. You're going to see our mission on our website, on our app. Everything we do on every service at some point, you are going to hear the mission of the hill. And it's very simply put, we're going to make Jesus famous. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. That really is. That is our heart. That is our mission. That is our focus in everything we do is to make Jesus famous. Now, we break this down, something you probably maybe or maybe have not have heard. We break this down into a few different areas. We're going to make Jesus famous in our life, in our church, and in our world. Okay, so I'm going to break this down real quick for you, all right? As we make Jesus famous in our lives, guys, it's understanding that he is greater than me. See, we've bought into this lie in, in our culture of thinking that, and I love the last line of that virtual reality church. Uh, it says, finally, answering the question, how can Sunday be even more about you? Come on, somebody. I love it because, see, the church was never meant to be about you. It's meant about him. I love what Pastor Megan says. She says it so well. She says that God's will, it does not revolve around you, but it involves you. Meaning he wants to use you as part of the process. Come on. He wants to use you to fulfill your hopes, your dreams, and your desires. So at, at the hill, like our heart and our desire is to have people make Jesus famous in their life. Now I could go around the room, but I'm going to pick Johnny Awesome right now. This is Johnny Awesome. If you don't know Johnny Awesome, he's out in the parking lot, whether it's raining or not. Were you out there today? Okay, I wanted to make sure so I wasn't a liar. Come on, somebody. But he's out in the parking lot. He's waving into your place. He's probably dancing. Listen, he's a white dude. He can't dance. Come on, somebody. But he's doing it anyhow. Just kidding. I don't know. I'm not even here. I'm in Stockton. You, you do a good job. You do, no shame, homie. No shame. But I love it because Johnny Awesome, when he came to church, he was broken in every, wake up, in every way possible. He was aching. I remember the first Wednesday he walked in. He sat, I think, right by me and, and, and bawled like a baby the entire service and it was beautiful he was broken y'all and the next week he came back and and after like week three or four I said we're front row buddies aren't we and he said I think we are I still hadn't really met him yet but but Johnny showed up to church just saying I've got a void in my life and I've tried to fill it through a lot of different things and I don't know what that I don't know what can fill this void but I've heard this church has something 
I've heard there's something that happened that I need to get a piece. And he showed up and God has wrecked his life in the best way. Come on, somebody. And then Johnny began to be faithful on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And then he came over and just did some stuff in the offices and worked. And, and then he did some more. And then he did some more. And now he's running the party outside in the parking lot. And God is using Johnny greatly. And the beautiful thing about, about this was Johnny understood that he is greater than me. We're going to make Jesus famous in our life. Secondly, we're going to make Jesus famous in our church. How do we do that? We understand that he, come on somebody, is greater than me. And as a church, guys, we are going to do whatever it takes to make sure that we can continue to make him famous. So there's things that we do, right? We're going to have to add a service at some point, right? We're going to, Lord willing, in the near future, we're going to buy land and build a building. That's a little better back there. That's what I was hoping for. Come on, somebody. Like, like we understand that if we are going to continue to impact the city of Bolivar, that the hill Bolivar has to do stuff that makes us uncomfortable, but it's okay because he is greater than me. Not only that, but you're not just a part of the Hill Bolivar. You're a part of the Hill Stockton and Nevada and Ash Grove. And there's other churches coming down the road that we're going to plant. As a church, we are going to continue to go and to plant and to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what we're going to do. But the problem is, it's uncomfortable. The reality is, that's okay. The reality is, that's okay. Amen? You all know there were skunks on the ark? Did y'all know it? You ever thought about it? I didn't think so. I messed up. I know. Right? The reality is, why were there skunks on the ark? Skunks needed saving. But they stank. Some of y'all, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Some of your attitudes stink. Some of your family's attitudes stink. Some of your friends have stinky attitudes. But they still need saving. And we got to create room. I feel like preaching. We got to create room on the yard. Come on, somebody. So there's room for people to encounter a God that loves them. So we're going to make him famous in our church. Lastly, not, okay, someone got excited. Not lastly, like I'm done. I'm just getting started. Come on, somebody. But lastly, we're going to make him famous in our world. Jesus told him, he said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Jerusalem is your town. Judea is your area, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria was your enemies. Oh, God, help us. Whew. The people you couldn't stand. He said, you're going to witness to them too. And you're going to witness to the uttermost parts of the world, right? How are we going to make him famous? Uh, the reality is, guys, already we're planting churches in other countries. Yeah. Now, let me tell you why that's cool. Because as we plant churches in other countries, their name is not the hill. Because we are not trying to make the hill famous. We are trying to make him famous. Come on, somebody. We're planting churches. We're helping other churches in other parts of the world. We're encouraging pastors in Jamaica, Pakistan, Africa, uh, the United Arab Emirates, really all over the world, guys. We are having a global footprint. Not only that, but as you give to the church, we're a part of another group that gives called Convoy, and we're helping feed to over 200,000 kids every day. Come on, somebody. 
Like, like we're a part of things like that. We're helping with the, the, the newest hurricane in the Baja. Like we're helping serve. Guys, there's been 31 plane loads of product that have been delivered. And that's not the hill. That's us being a part of, of other organizations that can do that, right? Y'all are part of a church that has a global footprint. Come on, somebody. We are going to make him famous in our life, in our church or community, and in our world. Come on, somebody. Come on, if the music would come. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We even have Bible yet. John 13. Let's go to John 13. Uh, there's a lot going on in John 13. In this setting of scripture, like Jesus is getting ready to be betrayed. They're having the last supper. There's a lot going on there. Jesus is teaching them and they're hanging out. And Jesus goes on in, in, in John 13 to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to wash the feet of every disciple. Now, I love this uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. I love the fact that he washes the defeat of every single disciple. Because what he's showing us is that it was personal for you. Come on, somebody. Now, the problem in our culture is... We understand it's personal, but we've bought into a lie that it's private. Your faith was never intended to be private, but it was personal. Now, here's the reality. Your public expression is going to look good. I never said your public expression has to be loud. Mine is loud. But I'm loud when I'm watching the Chiefs game. I, we'll be on the way to practice with my son. My son's quiet like my wife. And, and I help him. I help coach football. I help because I just help. And I don't want to be in charge of nothing. Come on, somebody. And we're driving. And I'm like, I look at Jason. I'm like, are you ready for practice? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, no. Are you ready for practice? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> are you ready for practice? He goes, yeah, <laughs> it never gets above. But for me, I'm loud in everything I do. So I'm not saying that our public expression has to be loud. I'm saying our public expression has to be public. It's personal, but it was never meant to be private. Come on, somebody. Jesus is showing that it was very personal as he washes the feet of every single disciple. Come on, somebody, in the room. He's washing their feet <laughs> and he's showing how much he loves. And now in the course of this, he gets, to, he gets to a disciple named Simon, Simon Peter. And Simon Peter argues with him. Simon Peter's like, nah, man, don't wash my feet. Let me wash yours. And Jesus said, man, I have to do this. This is so you can be clean. And, and I'm doing an act of service. And, and Simon, y'all have that friend that takes everything too far? Simon's like, then will you give me a sponge bath? And Jesus is like, no, nah, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird, Simon. Why you got to go there? Y'all have that friend. Come on, you know. You know, you're like, oh, I hate to say that I'm with him. Yeah, he's in our group. That was Simon. He said, no, Simon, that's weird. I'm not going to do that. And Simon said, okay, here's my foot. And he washes all the disciples' feet, right, in this setting. And he goes in to talk about love. Let's look at verse 3 and 4, and let's look at what it says. Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, unless, no, that's 3, 13, John, uh, John 13, 3 through 14. Uh, as you get there, I can just pretty much tell you what it says as they're pulling that up. <laughs> um, yeah, John 13, verse 3. It says that Jesus, he says, I'm going back to the Father. I came from the Father. I'm going back to the Father. And here's the reality, guys. That's what he says. He goes, here's the reality. Um, I'm going, I'm going, I came from God. I'm going back to God. Then it says this in verse 4. He rose from the table. Now, I love, I love, I love that it says that he rose from supper, right? Why? Why is that, why is that so important? 
Why is it so important for us to understand that he rose? That he Because the reality is some of us are sitting down when it's time to get up. Come on, somebody. Some of us, we're in a place of comfort. We're in a place, we're in a place that we're unwilling to do anything for the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, I'm sitting down and I'm having supper. And supper is good. And I like my food. But the reality is I've been, I, I've had enough. Like I'm thankful for the nourishment in my body. He says, you cannot see the, no, that's still Nicodemus. I'm sorry, I got excited. And it says that, as he's as he's eating his supper as he's in this moment he gets up he understands that listen i'm thankful for the nourishment that has come into me but i understand the nourishment that is coming into me isn't about me it's so that i can be energized to go and minister to the world and that is why we have church sunday morning y'all come and eat we come and eat and we've bought into this lie of virtual reality church that that virtually church was created for our reality. And God's going, oh, no, 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 no. Get up from your table. As you leave this place, get up from the table. It's time to go and serve the world. It's time to go and serve the people at your job. It's time to go and take what you learned. Take what God gifted you to do. Take what God's given you into your world and share my goodness with them. Guys, we are not a consumer church. Can I tell you, the kingdom does not bring, it, the kingdom does not build consumers. The kingdom of God builds producers. Come on, somebody. And each and every one of you, you were created to produce. He rose, look at that halfway in, I'll start at the top. Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hands and had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. Jesus, understand what's going on here. Jesus is at this place of comfort, right? Can y'all see me? He's in this place of comfort. And then he remembers in this moment, he remembers, I'm in this place of comfort, but I was not created to live comfortably. God in heaven, help us somebody. I was not created, life was not created all about my comfort zone. I was created, although I'm thankful for times of comfort, I'm thankful for times of rest. I understand that life is not, God's will is not about me being comfortable all the time. Matter of fact, it's about me leaving my comfort zone and going to do the things that God has created me to do. I think it's fascinating. Now, they didn't have chairs. They were probably on a pillow or reclining. I don't know. If I try to get on this thing and then get back up, it ain't going to happen. Come on, somebody. I took too many hits in my life. I imagine pushing his plate back as he rises. I love that. You know why? Because he's literally showing us. We've got people in our, in our world, people in our church. Man, you guard your kingdom plate like you the first dog to the bull at the pound. Y'all know what I'm saying? You're like, no, no, that blessing's for me. <laughs> Someone says, ah, that's weird, Pastor, but I don't get it. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that you're like, God, I need, I need peace in my life. I really, God, I need a new place to live and my place isn't working. And then someone else gets a new place to live and you're mad at them. I need someone to know there's enough kingdom to go around. 
But we treat the things of God like, man, if you touch it, then I won't get it. And if you take what's mine, then I won't have it. And that's God. And the reality is God's going, no, you're missing it. Sometimes you need to push your plate back, meaning understanding that it's not all about me. And there's enough kingdom to go around. And if you get blessed, I'm going to celebrate with you. Now, here's the reality. If, if, if you're praying for, if, you're pray, if your marriage is falling apart and you're praying for, for it to be uh, put back together, if you're asking God to restore your marriage and someone else's marriage gets restored, the truth is a lot of us, we get depressed. We're like, oh, they always get the good stuff. Y'all know I'm right. You ain't got to amen me. You know why? Because I'm human too. Someone else gets a new building. I'm like, God in heaven, we everyone get to build something over there? We're just being real. And it's fascinating to me. Because what we should do, when, that, when, when your marriage is falling apart and theirs gets restored, you should celebrate, listen, with them. But not celebrate like, oh, I'm so happy. Good for you. Yay. No, no, no. We need to learn to celebrate as if it was our miracle. As if it was our marriage that was, it was, that was restored. That's what he's saying. Jesus says, I understand. I'm thankful for my nourishment, but my nourishment isn't all about me. And there's plenty of kingdom to go around. It says he gets up. What's that say next? He rose from supper. Let's say it together. He rose from, let's try it again. From supper. Keep reading. Okay, let's quit this. Oh my gosh. That was awful. That was my fault. I am sorry for prodding you to do something that was just, he rose from supper. And then it says he laid aside his outer garment. Now I got a shirt on underneath this, but I'm gonna take this shirt off. Now listen, we are that church, but we are not that church. Come on somebody. So I got an undershirt, but I'm gonna prove a point. And as he, he pulled aside, his, he pulled off his outer garment. Now, I think it's super, super fascinating. I'm already hot. Come on somebody. It's fascinating. That Jesus laid off, he pulled aside, took off his outer garment. He was saying so much in this moment as he took off his outer garment because it was more than likely a priestly garment. It was more than likely uh, to show the world his title. It showed the world his calling. It showed the world his anointing, right? Jesus removing his priestly garment was saying, yes, I understand that I'm a high priest. Yes, I understand what I do. But underneath it all, I have the heart of a servant come on somebody see the problem is we're looking at people's outer garments and saying wow that's cool wow that's awesome and the whole time y'all God is saying listen listen you're confusing my calling with my identity you have to understand that the outer garment is a result of inward movement toward the heart of God Jesus Jesus was saying look Yes, I understand how you recognize me. But that's not who I am. I got to this place. I got to this place because of this place. He says, I understand that, 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 that you recognize me. I understand that you see the fruit of my life. And Jeremy Johnson preached it so well. But I'm going to say something that we've said for a lot of years. You see the fruit of my life. Now the reality is, the fruit you see is a result of a super healthy root system. Because bad roots will always produce bad fruits. But healthy roots will always produce, come on somebody, healthy fruits. 
So we're saying, oh Lord, our focus, oh God help us, is always the outer garment. But notice, God has no intention of fixing your outer garment. His intention is touching your inside. Jesus, in this moment, he's saying so much, y'all. He's saying, you want to know who I really am. It's not this. It's the heart of a servant. Jesus said, he goes, listen, y'all, I came unto this world not to be served, but to serve. I didn't come so you could go, wow, look at the priestly garment. That's so cool. That's not why I came. That's not why I'm here, Jesus saying. So I feel like for a moment of time, disciples, he says to them, he shows them without saying anything, he says a whole lot. Uh, you say it best without saying nothing at all. Shameless late 90s country plug. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I did too many hip hop, so there we go. He pulls off his outer garment without saying a word. He says, you've confused my identity with my calling. Listen, my identity is not pastor. My identity is son. Your identity is not boss or business owner or, or servant or, or, or nurse or, or waiter or waitress or salesman. Your identity is daughter. Your identity is son and your identity is servant of God. I love it because Jesus shows it here throughout the word because it says that they're like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. And the whole time Jesus is like, whoa, look at God. Look at God. It's amazing because he's showing us that, look, I never came. I never came so that everybody would, would, would point at me. I came. And as they point at me, he would say this in scripture. He shows us in scripture. He deflects all that attention back to the heart of the father. Back to God. Wow. He's in this moment, y'all. He gets up. He says, I can't sit while it's time to serve. I can't sit and eat while there's work to do. Pulls off his garment. He says, no longer are people gonna confuse my identity. No longer. I need them to understand not what I am, but who I am. And who I am is the heart, that's gonna break, of a servant. And then it says something next. It says he picked up the towel. Ashley, did you fold that? <laughs> says he picked up the towel and he put it around his waist. Now my waist is bigger than it used to be. Come on, somebody. It's Megan's fault. She got pregnant. Not now. No, she ain't pregnant. Come on, somebody. Not anymore. We're done there. <laughs> I love seeing my nurse when we were pregnant with Vinaya in the room. That, that touches my heart. That's awesome. And my dietician, when we, not mine, but Megan's when we were in the hospital in the room. It's so cool, man. So cool. He picks up the towel. And he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Now, understand what he's saying. Again, he's saying, I came to serve you specifically. Whoa. He could have, which is what I would have done. I would have taken that Gatorade bucket and just dumped it on everybody. Like, there y'all, you're good now. Look, I ain't got to touch anybody's feet. We're good. We're good. But he didn't. He knelt down by each and every one of them. Mike, can you come help me? Take off your shoe. This is weird for all of us. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. You don't have socks on. That's good. No, you got to take your shoes off, though. Now, understand. Put a foot in there, bro. Understand. He picked up the towel, and he girded about his waist. 
And he began to serve each and every disciple specifically, saying, it doesn't matter where you come from, y'all. I came to serve you specifically. Now, what I think is fascinating. I got you, baby. I got you. What I think is fascinating about this setting of Scripture was as Jesus began to wash Nathaniel's feet. Come on, somebody. He knew who Nathaniel was, and he says, Nathaniel, I remember the first time I met you, Nathaniel, and you were sitting under the fig tree. Now, Nathaniel, y'all, was sitting under the fig tree, and his brother came to him and said, man, I met Jesus. I think he's the Messiah, man, the, the Savior of the world, y'all, and he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, Nazareth, what good can come from that stinky farming community? Jesus. Nathaniel, I need you to know, when you didn't know who I was, I knew who you were. Nathaniel, I need you to understand, when you didn't believe I could do it, I already created you too. I feel like he was washing specifically Nathaniel's feet because there's someone in the house right now that's going through some life situations and you really don't know if God can do what he says he's going to do. And he's coming to your life today. He's coming to your marriage, your children, your hopes, your future, your dream. He's coming to the things that God has put on your heart and he's kneeling at your feet saying, it's okay if you don't trust me right now. I'm here to serve you anyway. He gets to Peter. Peter, you know I love you, son. Peter's like, of course, God. I, Jesus, I love you. And he says, Peter, I'm going to have to face some stuff. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. You ain't going to face nothing. I'll die for you, Jesus. He says, no, Peter. You'll deny me before the rooster crows. See, y'all, he's washing Peter's feet specifically. Because he wants you to know some of y'all are going to leave today saying, I'm ready to take the world for the gospel. But tomorrow, some situations are going to happen. It's going to cause you to do this. And say, ooh, I'll make my personal faith, faith private one more time. He's washing Peter's feet, washing Peter's feet with you in mind, saying, it's okay, those days that I know you love me, but there's days that, that it's not that it was your intention, it's not that it was your purpose, it's not that it was your passion, but the reality is, Peter, the reality is, church, there's days we just kind of deny him. We deny his spirit. We deny his direction. He's washing Peter's feet, saying, I know you're going to deny me, but I love you specifically anyhow. He says, Judas, have a seat. Now, this is where I struggle. Can I be real with church? I, we're not churchy. So if, if you thought he's coming to a churchy church, that ain't us. If you thought he's coming to a preacher that was like, arrived, that's not me. <laughs> Because I'm walking up knowing this dude going to betray me. And as I'm walking up to him, I'm going, can his face fit in that bowl? And can I hold him under the... <laughs> now, y'all be spiritual if you want to. But I'm like, Peter, remember that sword? Right here. Here's your guy. 
Like, like I'm being real. Like, if I knew you were going to do that to me, the one thing I would not do was take the place and posture of a servant. The lowest person in the house, Jesus said, I'm lower than him. Oh, my God in heaven. He says, listen, the lowest, most degrading position in the house, I'll take it. If that means ministering to one person. He is greater than me. He washed Judas' feet. Specifically Judas, because I feel like there's people that'll betray their faith. I feel like there's people. It's not that you don't have a connection with God. Because Judas did. Judas cast out demons. Judas prayed for the sick. But Judas didn't make heaven. Jesus is saying, all the way to the very end, I love you. And I'll serve you, despite how you feel about me. I talk to people all the time that have no relationship with God, and that's okay. I'm not a, I'm not a high-pressure salesman when it comes to witnessing. I was praying with a kid one time. And I told him, I said, son, what you decide has zero impact on my eternity. But what I don't want you to do is pray this prayer out of pressure. I want you to pray this prayer. If you want to pray this prayer and if you want to ask Jesus into your life, I want it to be because you need an encounter with God. Jesus bent down and he washed Judas' feet. Now, I don't know all the specifics, but here's what I know the heart of God. Man, the heart of God, Jesus, I believe, spoke life each, over each and every one of them. So can I do that for a second? Mike didn't know we were going to do this. I picked someone different last night and someone different this morning. It's not a planned out thing, but can I just speak life over what God's telling me? Can you hold my mic so I can wash your feet? You ever had a dude tell you that? No. It's weird for me too. Hold that mic where I can talk into it. I believe as Jesus washed their feet, he spoke specifically to them. And he says, looks at Mike and he said, Mike, you've had to make hard decisions in your life. And, and, and you weighed the cost. Meaning you understood that if you make certain decisions, the ramifications that those decisions have. And I just want you to know that A, God is proud of that. God saw you. I don't know the, the moment, but I just see you like in your room almost, like weighing pros and cons, almost listing saying like, if I do this, if I do this, here's what could happen with my family. Here's what could happen with my, with my, with my future. And I just hear the heart of God saying, he is so thankful you didn't allow fear to control your future. Because you obeyed the heart of God, even in the hard step. And the first step of faith is always the hardest step of faith. But as you've obeyed the heart of God, it's brought you and your wife closer together and, and your family, some of your family maybe even closer together. And I also want to say this, God sees the, he sees your end from your beginning. And as you're making those decisions saying, God, I don't know what my future is going to look like. God's going, I, I know son, you don't, but I do. And the Lord's been dealing with my heart about you. He's got a shepherd's, a pastor's anointing on your life. He's called you to pastor, son. And that may not be today and it may not be next year. But as you continue to walk faithfully, as you continue to pick up the towel to serve, not pick up the robe to wear, but pick up the towel to serve, God will position you where you need to be, when you need to be there, so that you can fulfill the calling. But understand, the calling is not the anointing. The anointing is serving. The calling is a result.
Jesus picked up the towel. He removed what everybody wanted him to be so that he could pick up, my God, what God created him to be. This is where we struggle in the virtual reality church. We've made church virtually all about our reality. Jesus goes on to say, thank you, brother. Jesus goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say in like 33 and 45 or something like that. He says, the world will know you're my disciples by the garments that you wear. Thank God. Right? Is that what it says? Randy, help me. Is that what it says? No. He doesn't say. Just pick that up. Just pick that up. Yeah, I'm sorry. We don't have time to wash the morphine. Okay. Come on, somebody. It'd take you 45 minutes to get them boots off. Jesus didn't say, listen, if you wear the right robe, the world will know you love me. The world will know I've called you. That's not what it says. He says, the world will know you're my disciple by the love. Not by the robe, but by the towel. But by the way you love that word love there is agapeo, which literally means an unconditional. Agape love, guys, has nothing to do with what you do for him. And everything to do with the fact that you just exist. He literally loves you because you exist. He's saying, Nate, he's saying the world will know that you're my disciple. They get to judge you. That's what it's saying. They get to judge if you are who you say you are, not by, not by your tithing, not by, not by everything you do, not by if you preach or don't preach or lead worship or don't lead worship. He says the world will know if you love unconditionally and even love people you don't like. Is that hard today? It's so good today. Because can I tell you, I got some people I don't like. It's true. Not here. It's not in Bolivar. I just wipe my face with dirty foot towel. What happened? I'm going somewhere. But I love you anyhow. <laughs> Welcome to the hill. I told you, we ain't churchy. Come on, we ain't churchy. But come on, somebody. But what we are is servants. And our heart is to love Jesus washing their feet. Literally said to all 12 in the room, I love the hell out of you. That's what he said. Because Judas, I love the hell out of you, man. As a church... I've said it before. I know it offends people, but it only offends churchy people. Because the truth is, there's people dying apart from the heart of God. And our job is not to judge them. Our job is not to parade our robes around them. Our job is to love and to serve them. Worship team can come help me. That's our job. That's who we are, church. We are that church. Touch somebody, say, we're that church. 
We're that church that says, I don't care where you came from. I don't care if you don't look like me, act like me, talk like me, or smell like me. I don't care even if you believe everything I believe. We are that church that says, I'm going to love you anyhow. I'm going to serve you anyhow. I'm going to do my part to make sure there's room for you and your family anyhow. We are that church. Touch your neighbor and say, we're that church. I got way more excited than you did there. Y'all, we are that church. Jesus said, I'm coming back. And my heart is searching all over. Play with me, play with me. He says, I'm coming back. And my my heart is searching all over for that church. Would you bow your heads all over the place? We're just going to worship for a second. And then Pastor Clinton's going to give an invitation. But who in your world are you supposed to pick up the towel for? I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Or B, maybe this morning's depiction of Jesus that came to serve brings new meaning to relationship with Him. And you want to rededicate your life to Him this morning. I just want to give you that opportunity. On the count of three, we're going to lift our hands and we're just going to pray. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, thank you. Come on, you're not alone. Anybody else before we pray? Second question, maybe this morning, maybe 
realize there's some people in your life that you need to have a little bit more Christ-minded way about you. Where it's less about despising them and more about serving them even when it doesn't feel good or feel right. I know this morning I was challenged to say, God, you check my check my attitude and check my my mindset because am I on am I on God's serving level or am I just trying to do what I know how to do and serve the people I like do the things I like maybe God's checking you this morning too if that's you this morning and hey you just want to thank you thank him for laying his life down as a servant for you and B, you want to commit to see the people out there that need to know Him and serve them more than worry about why are they doing what they're doing or they done me wrong so I'm out. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand with me right now? this morning and uh, I'm just going to pray for all of us and as I do I just want if that was you this morning you lifted your hand I just want you to begin to talk to God and ask him to just meet you right where you are because he will Father we thank you this morning is sufficient to cover me in my time of need. God, your love is sufficient that it doesn't miss a beat. Lord, in our our downfalls and our our fall shorts and all the things in our lives that we, we look at situations differently sometimes and God, that we have put you in this little box and we carry you around and reality says you didn't come to serve the ones that call you Lord, you come to serve all. So God, today we we try to align our hearts with what your heart is. God, for those that have raised their hand here this morning and those that are watching online and committing you today, God, would you just bless them? God, would you give them special grace this morning? Wrap them in your arms. Father, I thank you that your love is never ending and never ceasing. Jesus, we love you so much. And then we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Hey, are you you so glad that you're a part of that church? (laughs) The one that... I I love it when, when other churches... When other churches think, well, that's weird. That's when I know we're, we're running in the vein of what God's calling us to do. Because we want to be a peculiar people is what the Bible calls us to be. We want to be people that uh, see a need and just meet it regardless of, uh, uh, of ROI, return on investment, regardless of what it means for the hill, but what it means to the kingdom. Amen. We are here for kingdom-minded atmosphere, kingdom-minded Uh, just living in what affects the kingdom the best. I'm glad you're a part of it. I'm glad you're a part of it.